Hello and welcome to the Alive Church in Newark podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. We hope that you find what you're looking for today and that you are challenged and inspired to pursue the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message. Many of you will know that we are currently uh, in the middle of a series uh, called the Jesus Manifesto that's all about the Beatitudes uh, that Jesus spoke out uh, in the uh, Sermon on the Mount from Matthew. Um, This week, we're taking a small uh, break from that because it is Pentecost Sunday. But I believe that God has a message for us today as a church. Uh, And for some of us, perhaps it's it's a reminder. Uh, But for others, perhaps it's a fresh revelation, something new this morning that God uh, wants to bring to us. And so I hope you're ready uh, to to receive something from God this morning. Uh, Are we ready? Yeah? I'm going to need some help preaching this uh, this sermon this morning uh, because... uh, because we're doing this together, right? <laughs> Absolutely. This church is, uh, is on a journey. We're on a journey. And um, I, keep, I keep talking about this in various different contexts and what have you, that we are on a journey together uh, to be uh, more of the church that God called us to be, right? To experience more of the experiences that God wants us to experience. To see more of the things that God wants us to see. This is the journey that we're on as a church, And we're also on individual journeys, right? We're on individual journeys, individual missions, callings from God that God's placed on our lives. And the amazing and beautiful picture of the church is all of us on our journeys, on our missions, uh, individually supporting one another in those missions, uh, but, but coming together to travel in one direction, to be the church that moves. And, uh, and that is uh, the journey that we're on together. How many of us know that, uh, that the church, church is not our Sunday morning services, right? Amen? Amen this morning. Church is not our Sunday morning services. Church is, uh, is us putting ourselves out to cook a meal for somebody uh, in a week because we know they're going through something, right? Church is when we stand by somebody in prayer uh, because uh, they need to see breakthrough in a situation in their lives and we're standing by them. Church is us supporting one another. Jesus said that we will be known by the love that we have for one another, not by attending church on a Sunday. That being said, church on a Sunday, so important, so crucial because we need to, we need to see we need to see face to face who we're on a journey with, who, uh, who, we're, uh, who we're journeying together with, whose backs we need to have in prayer, who's going to have our back in prayer. We need to receive the word of God together. We need to uh, worship God together. And so um, church on a Sunday is, uh, is crucial and, uh, and is part of our journey. Yeah? Great. And so I believe that if we are committed... If we're committed to, uh, to this journey that we're on, I believe that we're going to need some help, right? We're going to need some help. And that's going to take us to our passage uh, today, which is in Acts chapter 7. And so I'm just going to read this passage, if you, can, uh, if you want to read it uh, with me uh, as well. Now, uh, what's going to happen is I'm going to read the passage, uh, but then I'm just going to let it, let it rest with us, right? Just let it sort of breathe a fine wine. Uh, I'm just going to let it breathe, uh, and then, uh, then I'm going to put some context around it uh, before unpacking this a bit more. Is that okay? Great. So we're in Acts chapter 7, and we're from verse 54. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, I will put this in context, uh, 
they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and, yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord, Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. So as I say, I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to uh, leave, uh, leave that uh, for us. We can meditate on that. And... Uh, and let's ask the Holy Spirit to, uh, to, to speak through his uh, word this morning so that we might each, uh, each take something away. I wonder, if, um, I wonder if you know what it's like to run on empty, right? Anyone know what it's like to run on empty? Our bodies... Um, our bodies need stuff, don't they? Right? Our physical bodies, we need resource. Yeah? If we don't get enough sleep, uh, then we're going to suffer. Parents will know this, I'm told. More than, uh, more than most, possibly. Uh, but if we don't get enough sleep, we suffer. Uh, we need energy, don't we? We need food, we need uh, drink, we need, we need stuff to allow us to carry on uh, what it is that we're doing. And if, we, uh, we, if we're depleted in those areas, then we're not going to be functioning the best that we can. Um, and that's not good. Our stuff as well, right? The stuff that we, that we have in our lives, right? It needs resource. Yeah? I don't know if anyone's ever needed to use their phone in, uh, for the torch in like a power cut situation. Right? And if you've let your phone battery get so low that you can't use the torch, you're going to have a bad time. It's not going to go well. Because our phones and our stuff needs, uh, needs resource in order to work. A few years ago, uh, Sam and I were on the way back from the one event in the middle of the night, about two in the morning, back roads of Lincolnshire. And uh, we had allowed the car... To, uh, to completely run out of petrol. And uh, we ended up stopping. I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody. It's really weird and scary. The car stopped. It wasn't like, oh, we're running on fumes. No, it stopped. It had run out. Uh, so we had somewhere to go. We had something to do uh, just to get to a nice warm bed uh, in the middle of the night. Uh, but we couldn't do that because we'd allowed the car to get to no petrol. And I'm sure we'd all agree that allowing the car to get to no petrol is not good. Yeah? yeah. All right? I'd agree, anyway, from experience. Uh, and we'd also all agree that allowing our, our bodies to be completely depleted of, 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 of what it needs, energy, uh, sleep, rest, all these things, is also not good, right? Yeah? But I wonder if we're as concerned about allowing ourselves to be depleted of the Spirit of God. Last week, Sam brought us a message uh, from, the, uh, from the Beatitudes about being poor in spirit, right? The idea that, um, that we need to be so full of God's spirit, spirit of God, that there's no room to be filled with anything else. And so our, question, our natural question from that then is, well, are we actually filled with the spirit of God? And that's our challenge for today. And, uh, and I can't wait to see what God's going to do. So as we've already mentioned several times already this morning, today is Pentecost Sunday, right? 
And uh, for those of you that don't know, Pentecost Sunday uh, is the time that we recall um, in, the, in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit descends on the church. Right? The actual festival Pentecost, for those of you that are interested, uh, has its roots in the Old Testament. Uh, it's a festival, a feast of harvest uh, that happens 50 days after the Passover. That's why it's called Pentecost. Penta meaning five. Uh, so 50 days after the harvest. And that's the Old Testament sort of story of Pentecost. Uh, but we know it for what happened on the day of Pentecost after Jesus had ascended, right? See, when Jesus uh, ascended, or before Jesus ascended, rather, he promised uh, that he would send somebody else. In John 14, we read, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And then later on, after Jesus had ascended, that is exactly what happened. Uh, In this upstairs room, the church had gathered, and we read in Acts 2, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind uh, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit had enabled them. And so today is our celebration of uh, the promise, the, the fulfilled promise that Jesus gave us, right? And that's what, that's what we're celebrating today. But I wonder this, Jesus uh, said that he was sending the Holy Spirit to help us. Help us with what, right? Because um, I don't know about you, but I can, I can get, get through my life doing lots of things without any help. I can tie my shoelaces all by myself now. Don't need Sam anymore. I can, uh, you know, I can cross the road perfectly fine. It's not an issue. Uh, and, uh, and so it begs the question, well, what do we need help with? There's an implication that there's something that we, that we have to do that Jesus is asking us to do that he knows that we can't do in our own strength, and so we need help. And so, uh, so that's why he sent help. And what's more is that we know that the Holy Spirit came for everybody. Right? In uh, Romans 8, uh, Paul writes that uh, we are uh, not of the flesh, but of the Spirit. He says, um, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. And that you is a collective you. It's all of us. We are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. Holy Spirit is for everyone. And so there's an implication here that we all are called to do things that we cannot do in our own strength. And hence, we need the help that Jesus sent. Hey, That's good. And that brings us to our passage uh, today that I've already read. And so um, I'm, going to, uh, I'm going to put some context uh, around, around this passage now. So we're talking about this, uh, this guy, Stephen, right? And this whole section really goes from the end of Acts 6 uh, all the way to the end of Acts 7. And so it's very long, uh, but, uh, so we're not going to read it all this morning, but I'd encourage you to read it when you get the chance um, but, uh, but what happens? Stephen's here. Uh, he's already filled with the Holy Spirit. We read that at the end of Acts 6. And he's performing signs and wonders. Okay, And then there's some Jews that don't like what they're seeing. Right? So they confront him. And uh, they start to argue with him. But the Holy Spirit uh, is in Stephen. And he, he is given the wisdom to defend himself. Uh, but then the Jews, they take him to, uh, to like a, a court in the Sanhedrin um, where uh, he's, he's further accused. 
And, uh, and then he, he recalls and tells the full gospel message all the way from, uh, from the Old Testament, all the way through. He tells his full gospel message to the people that he's facing. He accuses them of resisting the Holy Spirit and uh, persecuting the righteous one that is Jesus. And so this is then where we pick up in uh, Acts 7, verse 54. Everyone happy with my little summary? Great, so good. Verse 54 then. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. Now, I feel pretty bad for Stephen in this, in this moment, right? Because Stephen is just a guy who's doing what he thought he should be doing, right? He's being obedient to God. He's doing what Jesus asked him to do. And yet he's hit a brick wall. He's hit uh, some resistance, right? Quite a scary bit of resistance, in fact. Uh, the Bible talks about uh, fury and gnashing teeth. But he's just doing what he's been told to do. I don't know if, uh, if you've ever been in a situation where you're, just, where, where you're just following what you think God wants of you. You're just doing, you're just trying to be obedient, trying to do your best, and yet you hit this, this wall. You hit resistance. I think as Christians, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes we can, uh, we can be in danger of hitting this resistance and then assuming that, well, that's obviously not God's will for us then, right? Because if this was God's will for me, then I wouldn't face this resistance. If this was God's will for me, then all the doors would be open. It would be an easy journey. Um, You know, God is clearly closing a door on me in this area, right? And I think we can, we can sort of, uh, we can convince ourselves that this is the case. But that's not what we read here, here in, in Acts. Stephen is facing this resistance. And I don't know about you, but I've thought about this. And I've thought that if I was in Stephen's position, what I'd probably try and do in my natural self is use some logic to get out of this, right? I'd be like, well, this isn't going well. Um... I'm probably going to back down now, right, back down. This clearly isn't what God wants me to do. Otherwise, I wouldn't be facing the the gnashing teeth and what have you. Uh, God doesn't want that for me in my life. Uh, So I'm going to back down because if I don't and if any harm comes to me, then God can't use me to do what he probably wants to use me for in the future. And so why would that be the case? So I'll I'll just leave it. That's probably what I do in my natural self. And I won't ask for a show of hands, but I'm guessing that in our natural selves, a fair few of us would perhaps be, uh, be along the same route. Yeah, Alan's there. <laughs> you and me, Alan. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven. I have an irrational fear of spiders, right? And, uh, and often, or when I see a spider, I'm just thinking about it. It's pretty traumatic. When I see a spider, um, I freeze, right? Can't do anything. Can't look away from the spider. Because if I see the spider, uh, sorry, if I look away from the spider, what's going to happen is the spider is going to attack me. It's going to jump at me. It's probably going to kill me. I mean, it may just scurry away, I don't know. But, uh, but I, need to, I need to look at the spider uh, because that's, uh, that's the problem that I'm currently facing and, uh, and I'm absolutely uh, frozen on the spider. And when we face situations, I mean, the spider's a silly example. 
maybe. <laughs> but the spider is a silly example. But uh, often we can face situations and circumstances uh, that we might describe as fury and gnashing teeth. And uh, we can't do anything other than just be fixated on the problem. Because often in these times, our fear freezes our focus and we can't see anything other than what it is that we're facing. I don't know if, if this is you right now. Or if this has been you in the past. And if, if, it is, if it's not now, and it hasn't been, then it could be. But when we face gnashing teeth, all we can see is gnashing teeth. All we can focus on is the problem because we're frozen in fear. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Stephen is able to divert his focus. And I don't believe uh, that Stephen was designed to do this in his own strength. Because I've, I've been in these situations. But by the power of the Spirit, Stephen is able to look through his problem and up towards the solution. And it's only by the power of the Spirit that he's able to do that. Because in his natural self, in my natural self, my focus is frozen by fear. But by the power of the Spirit, I can look up. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God is only when we're able uh, to divert our focus from the problem that we're facing that we're able uh, to look in the right direction and see Jesus above our situation and our circumstance. And we talk about this all the time, how Jesus is above everything. And we declare it out in, in, times, of, in times of prayer when we're praying for things. And here's a point of clarity when we're praying for Jesus to be above our situation, above our circumstance, Jesus is already there. He's already above our situation and our circumstance. He doesn't need us, mere mortals, to position the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Right? We don't position Jesus. It's not for his benefit. It's for ours. We're adjusting our focus. It's for us so that we might see that Jesus is is above every situation, every circumstance. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to look from, our, uh, from the problem that we're facing towards the solution. And in, uh, we, uh, just like Stephen, we look straight in to the face of God. And we see Jesus above. This is only possible through the power of the Spirit. I'll show you. Look, he said... I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So Stephen is able to speak out what he sees. He's able to declare the truth. He's seen the truth by the power of the Spirit. He's seen Jesus above his situation and now he speaks it out and he declares it. The problem hasn't gone away, but he's able to declare who is above. At this, they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Can you, can you just, just, just imagine what's, what's going on here? Stephen's in this situation where he's, where he's facing gnashing teeth, right? There, he's got persecutors right in front of him, uh, attacking him, persecuting him, questioning him, gnashing their teeth. He looks up and sees Jesus 
He then speaks out Jesus, and yet the people that are persecuting him don't see it. They don't want anything to do with it. The heavens are open. Jesus is there for Stephen to see, and yet these guys aren't seeing it. It's weird. It's really weird. But wasn't it Jesus that said that uh, in order to see the kingdom of heaven, we must be born again? In order to see Jesus, in order to see the kingdom of heaven above our situations and our circumstances, we need to be born again. What does that mean? We need to be filled with the Spirit. And so Stephen, by the power of the Spirit, is born again. He's able to see Jesus, speak it out. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Jesus prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, uh, he fell asleep. Stephen is able to find a sense of peace in this situation. His problem hasn't gone away. Not at all. They're still stoning him, what have you. But by the power of the Spirit, he's able to look up, see Jesus, declare Jesus, and find peace. So much peace, in fact, that Jesus, uh, sorry, Stephen is able to pray for those people that are literally stoning him to death. He's able to pray, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. He's able to love them as Jesus loved them. When Jesus is on the cross and he, and he prays to the Father, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He's loving his persecutors. Stephen, by the power of the Holy Spirit, saying the same thing. It's just incredible. By the power of the Spirit, he's able to love as Jesus loved. He's able to find peace. I don't believe that Stephen would be able to do any of these things without the power of the Spirit. I don't believe he was designed to. Because we're designed to need help, right? We're designed, we're designed to walk this planet with God. All the way back in the first page of the Bible in Genesis, uh, it's very clear that we were designed to walk on this planet with God. That hasn't changed. That design hasn't changed. That's how we are designed to be. We are designed uh, to walk with God, with the Holy Spirit in us, for help. You know, many people uh, these days, this is quite common, many people these days um, think that they don't need help. Right? They, uh, they think that asking for help is a sign of weakness or, uh, or a sign of inadequacy. But really, those, those thoughts are just, they're just based in insecurity and fear to think that you don't need help. I find that, I find that odd. I, uh, I know me, I know my own limits. I know what I'm capable of. I know, as I said earlier, that I'm capable of tying my own shoes. I'm capable of walking across the street. But I know that I need help to look up and see Jesus when I face 
gnashing teeth and fury. I know that I need help in order to speak out the gospel message to those that persecute me. I know that I need help to surrender everything to Jesus and acknowledge that my life is not my own. I know that I need help to love as Jesus loved. And I know that I need help to find peace, to be secure and assured of whose I am and where I'm going, just as Stephen was. And so if we are serious about being this church on a journey together, on a mission together, to be the church that God has called us to be, as we said at the beginning, to see the things that God wants us to see, if we're serious about this, then we're going to need help. Right, to boldly declare the presence of Jesus above every situation and every circumstance. Not just our own situations and circumstances, uh, but rather uh, even the situations and circumstances of our friends, family, neighbours that don't yet know Jesus. We're going to need help. We're going to need help. Unfortunately, fortunately, Jesus, fortunately, Jesus sent someone to help, which is amazing. It's not God's will that we run on empty. It's not God's will uh, that we live our lives depleted of him. That's not his will. That being said, he will allow it to happen. We need to understand this. He will allow us to run low on his spirit. Because it's in the moments when we're running low on the spirit of God that he's able to show us just how much we need him. Since, um, since that night in, in the back roads of Lincolnshire when the car ran out of petrol, I have not allowed our car to go below a quarter tank. Won't happen. Don't know any petrol. Since I have had to actually use my phone torch in, a, in an emergency situation, I will not allow my phone battery to go very low and I always take a power bank thing because I know that I need it. And since I have experienced times of spiritual malnourishment where I've been low on the Spirit of God, so low on the Spirit of God that I've been unable to divert my focus from fury and gnashing teeth and see Jesus, because I've been there, I know how important it is to be filled with the Spirit of God. Continuously, topped up, again and again. The Bible uh, talks about this, uh, particularly in, in the book of Acts, where we see uh, people being filled with the Holy Spirit when they first accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour. But then they're continually filled, they're continually refreshed. Why do you think that is? Why do you think we need to be continually refreshed with the Spirit? because we're constantly pouring out because we're constantly emptying ourselves because that's what we're called to do we, we said at the start I said at the start about, about being the church uh, that serves others that puts others before ourselves that 
prays with others, that gets alongside others, that shows our love uh, for one another just as Jesus asked us to do. Well, all of these things, they take, they take a, a, an emotional and a spiritual burden. The answer to that is not to not do it, but it's to be constantly filled, constantly topped up with the Spirit of God so that we may go about and continue in those things, continue in the mission that we're on. And so this morning on, uh, on this Pentecost Sunday, I'd like to uh, give an invitation to be, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, afresh, possibly for the first time to receive the Spirit of God in our lives because it's only by the power of the Spirit that we'll see things. We can't do stuff in our own strength. We can't heal people in our own strength. We can't see... transformation. We can't see, uh, you know, chains of addiction broken in our own strength. That's not, we can't do that. But we're called to do that. So we need help. And so I'd like to invite every one of us to stand, if you're able. And uh, and we're going to pray. We're going to speak out. Speak out to Jesus to receive the Spirit, to receive His Spirit. And I should mention as well that this isn't just a, one to, a special thing that happens on Sundays or a special thing that happens on Pentecost Sunday, but this is a regular thing for us all the time. Every day. Every day when we wake up and we say, Lord, would you fill me with your Spirit today? Lord, would I know what it's like to be completely filled with your presence today? Would I be so full, Lord, that I would be overflowing of your spirit? That everywhere I go, everywhere I walk today, that I would just overflow with who you are. That I would bring your light into darkness in this world. Every morning, Lord, would you fill me with your spirit? So let's, let's pray. Lord, there is so much that we are thankful for. We thank you that your mercies are new every day. We thank you, Father, that you sent your Son, that he might uh, come to this earth, that he might uh, teach, preach, heal, but ultimately take on the sins of the world on the cross so that we might know you so that the gap that we created when we turned our back on you is closed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that not by your will, but by your Father's will, you took on the cross. You took on the weight of sin and shame. You took on my sin and shame. Thank you that, uh, that you chose to partner with us, that you gave us a mission, that you gave us purpose, that you gave us things to do. 
that we're not walking around this earth aimlessly without aim, without mission, but rather that you chose to partner with us, Lord, that we might see heaven come to earth, that we might see transformation. Thank you, Lord, that you sent your spirit. You didn't ask us to do anything by ourselves, but you promised us that you would send a helper, an advocate, someone to remind us of everything that you taught us. Thank you, Lord, that you promised us never fail because you did. Thank you for writing it down in your Bible that we might get to read it, that we might be inspired by what we read when we read about the amazing things that, uh, that your church has done by the power of your spirit that we might be spurred on and encouraged and Lord this morning your church your, uh, your bride stands here this morning and we say yeah we want that we want to be used we want to see what you want us to see we want to experience what you want us to experience We want to love like you want us to love. We want to help. We want to do our part. We want to be used by you. Say yes. Would you use us, Lord? Lord, would you fill us with your spirit? Jesus. I pray for everyone standing in this room today that you would fill them, that they would have a fresh filling of your spirit that they would uh, feel from the bottom of their toes uh, all the way through to the top of their heads, that they would know your presence, that they would have your Holy Spirit in them. And Lord, we pray as we go out from this place, would we be continually filled? Would you remind us, God, daily to ask for a fresh filling of your Spirit? And will we know that blessing every day? Lord, I pray for myself. I, 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 perhaps not on, the, on behalf of everybody here. I don't know. If you agree, just say amen in your head. But I pray, Lord, for me, that I will be filled every day, every morning with your Spirit. And that I will be so effective at pouring out your Spirit into your creation that by the end of the day I'm depleted I actually pray that for myself and that I would get to look back on a day and see and witness and see what has happened see you at work thank you Jesus you know if this is your uh, this is your first time here this morning or if you're just hearing about, uh, about Jesus for the first time, or maybe you have, um, you've known Jesus in the past and now you, know, you haven't been so sure and, and things are up and down and what have you, but, uh, but, but the Holy Spirit has spoken to you this morning and you're saying, yeah, I want to be part of that. I want to know what that means. I want to be able to love how this Jesus loved because what I see is hate in the world. And I want to be part of the solution, not the problem. If that's you this morning, uh, I'd like to pray for you. Lord, thank you for my, uh, for my friends who are um, 
who are coming to you for the first time or maybe they're coming to you um, again uh, after a season of, of, of time taken away, just as a prodigal son. And I thank you, Jesus, that you're welcoming them with open arms. I thank you, Jesus, that there's a pie going on in heaven when people come uh, to acknowledge you as Lord and acknowledge you as their Savior and acknowledge you as the only way because we've tried the other way and it doesn't work. And so we're coming to you. I thank you, Jesus, for these decisions. Lord, I pray for them this week that you would protect them, that you would guide them, that they would know you, that they would experience you, that their entire worldview would be changed. They would see the power of your Holy Spirit working through them. Amen. Thanks so much for joining with us. We hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did enjoy, you can subscribe to hear more from Alive Church Newark. You can share this message with your friends or you can share on your social media pages. We hope and pray you have a great week and meet with God. God bless you.